If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holler. Acts chapter 2, let's go over there. I want to say hello to our friends from Christ for the Nations tonight. Drove all the way up here from Dallas. Really glad to have you guys. Yeah. Just a few world changers sitting in here. That's all. Acts chapter 2. Have you found it? All right, let's start in verse 4 tonight because I, I just want to start with this scripture. We, went, we made it last week through four verses. Wasn't that great? You know, you know what Heather told me after service was over? She said, you need me to take over this series because I can get through it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Acts 2 verse 4 says, and they were all filled. Who was? How many? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. utterance. I like the word utterance. It is, in in the Greek, it says, a word not of everyday speech, but one belonging to dignified and elevated discourse. Isn't that just like the wisdom of God? For when somebody's speaking in tongues, everybody else out here is going, you sound like an idiot. And I'll have to admit, I'm not far from thinking that myself. It sounds that way. It doesn't make any sense to us. But according to God, it is dignified and elevated discourse. It's the highest form of communication with God. Isn't that wonderful? Why? Because when we pray, our spirit prays. It's the spirit who gives the utterance. Verse 5, and they were... And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. That is, every nation, every Jew that was of those nations, all right? So we know here in Acts chapter 2 that there are plenty of Jews from plenty of nations. All right, so how many were filled? Oh, so um, where do tongues come from? What did that just teach us? Where do they come from? The Spirit. The Spirit gives the utterance. So it was... His will, God's will that day, that all the believers would be filled and speaking with tongues. Is that pretty clear? Yeah. All right, let's go to verse 6. And, and when this sound occurred, it, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Now, you would think the opposite would be true. If you hear it in your own language, why are you confused? But they were all confused. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? All right, so look at, look at the crowd's response to this event. All right, they're amazed, they're, uh, con- they're, they're confused, they're amazed, they're, mar- they're marveling, and they're questioning what's going on here. All right, now, they were not necessarily in awe about what was going on, uh, they made no reference to the Holy Spirit. They only knew about tongues that were being spoken. All right, you see that? They weren't recognizing that this was the Spirit of God. They were asking, what is going on here? All right? So, it's, I, I don't think it ought to be any surprise to any of you believers who actually do speak in tongues for anyone that knows you to be offended at the fact that you do that or confused about it, or questioning it. It's kind of a normal response. All right? Look at verse 8. And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? 
Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, that one's easy, and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues, what? The wonderful works of God. Now let me ask you a question. Did they hear them preach? Were they hearing them preach? Mm -mm. They weren't hearing them preach. They were hearing them declaring the wonderful works of God. That is, they were speaking to God. Remember 1 Corinthians chapter 14? Let's turn over there for a moment. Let's just look at it. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Michael, I'm sorry, I'm going off course here. Thanks for being patient with me. And let's just go to verse 1 and work from there. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 1. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy too. <clears throat> For he who speaks in a tongue does not, does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So he told us what tongues is directed to. It's not directed to men. It's directed to God. And I want to, I'm saying that because, you know, when I was growing up, uh, we had a lot of tongue interpretation in the church that I was, I was raised in. And somebody would speak in tongues and then somebody else would interpret by saying, my children are thus saith the Lord speaking to the church. That's not the interpretation of that tongue. That's a prophecy. That very well could be a prophecy. It's something declared to the people because prophecy is to men, but tongues is to God. So if tongues is to God, then why wouldn't the interpretation then be, woo, hello to God? I was felt robbed. Can we get the interpretation, please? Thanks for the prophecy. Appreciate it. But where's the interpretation of this tongue? Well, that's just how I felt. That's how I felt the Lord was leading me. I don't doubt God was leading you. You're just out of line. That's all. You just need to wait your turn. No condemnation. It's fine to be zealous. But ignorance is no excuse when we have the scriptures to teach us. Amen? All right, so the interpretation, what, what's, what are they hearing? They're hearing them magnify God. Remember what Paul even talks later on in this chapter in 14? He says that if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who does not understand what you're saying say amen at your giving of thanks? For indeed, you give thanks well. Wow, how does Paul know that tongues is giving thanks? How does he know that? That's amazing, isn't it? And isn't it interesting that that being the highest form of prayer, the highest form of communication with God, dignified and elevated discourse, that it is giving thanks. How important is it in our prayers? Shouldn't they just, I mean, if the Holy Ghost is always saying thank you, all right? If his prayer is that of thanksgiving, then our prayer should be saturated with it. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with Thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Amen. Because Thanksgiving is the, it's the, it's the seal on it that says, I know it's done. It's accomplished. Thank you for it. Amen. All right. Y'all got too quiet on me there. All right. Let's go to verse 12 of Acts chapter 2. Now look at this. They were all amazed and were perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Whatever could this mean? So then we know then, if the message of tongues being spoken had been directed to that crowd, 
directed to the people there that day, they would have already known what the meaning was. Hmm? But they didn't get it because it wasn't directed to them. They're magnifying God. And they're going, what is going on? I can understand it in my own language. What is going on? Because remember, faith comes how? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. But in the context of Romans chapter 10, it's actually hearing by the word of God preached. Right before that, remember it says, um, uh, how shall they call on him of whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things, right? And just a couple of verses later, it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So it's hearing the word of God preached. Faith, faith isn't here in this atmosphere for these people. There's confusion. There's doubt. There's marveling. There's wondering. So they're not being preached to. These supernatural tongues spoken are presented by the Holy Spirit as a sign to men, not a message to men. All right? Remember what Paul talks about it even in 1 Corinthians 14. Tongues, therefore, are a sign not to those who believe but to the unbeliever. All right? So they're a sign, not a message. Is this helping you? So it didn't create faith in them, rather amazement and doubt. Now look at verse 13. Others mocking said they are full of new wine. This cracks me up. What they basically said was these guys are drunk. All right? So does someone speaking in another language mean or make you think that they're drunk? Hmm? Could I get my friend Shigeki? Can, can you come up here for a second, my friend? Can you quote something for me, say Psalm 23, verse 1, in your fine Japanese language? 23? Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my oh. shepherd, I shall. Wow, that's awesome. Did you guys think he was drunk when he was saying that? Oh, that was wonderful. Come here, let's do that one more time. I like the sound of that. One more time, let's, let's hear it again. And the interpretation of that tongue is, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. <laughs> we make a great team. Thank you. Thank you. Isn't that wonderful? But nobody in here is going to go, oh, that guy's drunk. Right? That's not, that's not what caused them to think this. There must have been something else going on, maybe a little swaying in the wind, in this rushing mighty wind that was in the house. Now, don't forget they were sitting, all right? They're sitting. It says it filled all the house where they were sitting, so they're sitting, and all of a sudden the, wind, the room fills up with this <laughs> tongues of fire sitting on their heads, and they're all just speaking in other tongues. I don't know, but that wouldn't be everything to indicate that someone could accuse you of being drunk unless you're physically responding somehow to it. Some of you know what that's like, right? You get full of the Holy Spirit, you know, you get touched by God, and you, sometimes you can't even stand, right? 
the scripture talks about that happened in the, in the, in the temple where the priests couldn't even stand. They couldn't even stand. Now, just because you fall doesn't mean that you are, have reached spiritual apex, right? If it happens, it happens, right? But, uh, but if you don't, that doesn't mean that you're not spiritual either. It's sad in that kind of mindset, you know, comes in the church and people get caught up in this kind of stuff and thinking that this, hey, we're people of the word, that's the most spiritual that you can be, right? Things happen here and there, signs and wonders, right? We want, you know, I love that Jesus said wonders would follow, right? Yeah. What's a wonder? I don't know. But it kind of leaves you thinking, I wonder what that was, right? I don't know. That's why it's called a wonder. Others mock us in the full of, now watch, but Peter's standing up with the 11 raised, so he stands up. And they've all been sitting down. And somehow reacting to what's going on. Now watch what he says. Raise his voice to the men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem. Let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you, are, you suppose. It's not even five o'clock. Is that what he said? Oh no, okay. <laughs> you got to quit listening to Jimmy Buffett back there. All right. For these are not drunk as you suppose since it is only the third hour of the day. What are you saying? It's nine o'clock in the morning. Really? That's a, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now watch. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all what? Flesh. Well, how? How do we know when the, when the spirit has been poured out on the flesh? How can you know? There's got to be some kind of evidence that that happened, right? Right here what we see in, in, in verse 4. They all began to speak, speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now watch. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. He's making sure to know that the Holy Spirit is for everyone. All right? Man, woman, boy and girl. Servants, masters, it's for everybody. Yeah. All right? And they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. Now, this is interesting that he, he continues to declare this prophecy. And it seems to go into the end times here. Seems to go into, you know, the tribulation period when all these, but this really isn't about that. He's, he's saying this, is, this has already all been done. What was prophesied by Joel the prophet, right here, blood, fire, vapor of smoke, signs in the heavens, signs on the earth, this has all happened. And watch, we're going to go through some scriptures. Is it okay if we do that? You better expect that out of me. All right, what? Well, Otherwise, you need a new pastor. Wonders in heaven. Look at it. It says wonders in heaven. Now, uh, now I've got. If you um, have your U version Bible app, I've got some notes for you to follow. I'm not going to go through all those scriptures tonight, just for the sake of time. But one do, I do want to look at uh, Matt is. Uh, I wore Michael out, I guess, back there. 
Matthew chapter 2 and verses 1 through 2 and verse 9. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his what? Star. So there, there it is. There's a wonder in heaven. We have seen his star in the east and uh, have come to worship him. So when they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. All right? There's also um, uh, wonders of heaven when the angels came and visited the shepherds. In Luke chapter 2, you can just jot this down, Luke 2, 8 through 14. You can look at that. And then also Acts chapter 1, verse 9. Acts chapter 1 and verse 9 says, Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will also in like manner uh, come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So we see these wonders of in, he- in heaven before the event that happened in Acts chapter 2. Now, let's look at some signs on the earth. Wonders in heaven and signs on the earth. Um, Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24 and verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. Verse 2. But they found the stone, what? Rolled away from the tomb. They went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Another uh, sign in the earth would be Luke chapter 24, verses 36 through 39. The two disciples on the road to Emmaus, when Jesus appeared to them, remember, as soon as he broke bread, actually walked the whole way and revealed himself in the scriptures to them. But they didn't know it was him until they sat down and he broke the bread and then they knew it was him and he, then he disappeared from them. And then Matthew chapter 27, we actually talked about this last week. In verse 51, then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth quaked and the rocks did what? Split. And that, what, what, why did those rocks split? Why does it tell us about that? Huh? Because God was showing us that Jesus had fulfilled all the law and those rocks that were picked up in men's hands to execute judgment from the law now were split, saying there is therefore now no condemnation. Hallelujah to those who are in Christ Jesus. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to him. I'd say that's a sign on the earth. Hmm? Now look at verse 19 of Acts chapter 2. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. What could he possibly be talking about here? Well, I think isn't blood pretty obvious? Hmm? Didn't yeah. this really speak of the, of the redemption of men by that blood that was shed at Calvary's Hill? Amen. Huh? Blood and fire. Where was this fire? What is this fire? Do, it, do that again, young man. He learned something in Sitka, Alaska. That's where he's from. Fire set upon each one of them. What John say in Luke 3.16, I indeed baptize you with water, but there's one mightier than I who's coming, 
the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. Hallelujah. So the, the blood speaks of redemption. The fire speaks of the Holy Ghost and vapor of smoke. I thought this was interesting. And I have this in your notes um, if you want to look at the version app. But it says uh, the word vapor is the word atmos. And it means, you guess what it means? No, but, but it, is, it is related to that. But this actual word atmos, A-T-M-I-S, means vapor. Isn't that interesting? Vapor means vapor. I know that's deep. Uh, but <laughs> tough crowd tonight. Wow. Okay. But that's, that's Strong's number 822. But then it says in that Strong's definition that it's the same as number 109. But, so you go to 109 and you get a little more descriptive term for this word. It's really awesome. And it means to blow air. The sound of a rushing mighty wind. Blood and fire and vapor. A blowing of air. Isn't that powerful? Vapor of smoke. It's the witness it's the witness, really. Because if there's a smoke, that is witness that there is a fire. Hallelujah. Amen. You shall be endued with power. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you when you get baptized in fire. And you'll be what? Witnesses. You'll be smoking. Hallelujah. Verse 20. Are you getting something out of this tonight? Look, verse 20. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And I want you to look at the timeline of this because look at verse 21. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be said. This is talking about our day. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Does not Romans teach us that? Romans chapter 10, right? Verse 9 says, uh, uh, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. There's no distinction between Jew and Greek. Verse 13 says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So what's this sun being darkened and the moon turned to blood? The sun went dark when Jesus died. For three hours it was dark. Three hours it was dark. Turn over to Genesis 37 for a moment. I'm getting close to wrapping this up. I know I'm giving you a lot, but it's on you to study what I'm giving you here. A lot of good things here. Acts is, oh, I, I'm so excited to be in this book. So many wonderful things we're going to discover and open up. Genesis chapter 37 and verse 9. Let's read verses 9 and 10. This is a young man by the name of Joseph. Then he dreamed, still another dream, and told it to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. Now, who are these people? What does the sun and the moon and the stars represent? His father, his mother, and his brothers. Now, let's look at the next verse. You'll see it. 
So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? So shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? Yep, that happened. Right? The sun and the moon. The sun and the moon. The sun being Jacob, the moon being Rachel. The sun being the husband, the moon being the wife. The sun being Jesus, the bride being the church. Jesus, the lights went out, went dark, and that moon began to look like blood. We, hallelujah, who reflect him now are seen covered in his blood. The moon turned to blood. And now what? And as a result of that, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, isn't this beautiful, shall be saved. Can you handle a couple more things? Yeah. All right. I want, you, I want you to notice here what. There's something. We're going to look at the phrase for a moment. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Filled with the Holy Spirit. And what happened when the Scripture gives us that phrase. Filled with the Holy Spirit. All right? And uh, Acts chapter 4 is where we find the first one. Acts chapter 4 uh, and verse 8. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man by, by what means he has been made well. Remember, they were at the gate beautiful in chapter three, and this is where Peter told the man, look at us. And he looked upon them expecting to receive some money because he was crippled. And he said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he went walking and leaping and praising God. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, this day we are judged for a good deed done to this helpless man. By what means he has been made well? Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. What Peter received right there by being filled with the Spirit was an anointing for preaching. Let's go over to Acts chapter, uh, down further in Acts chapter 4 and verse 31. We talked about this a little bit last week. Remember the earthquakes we covered? And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Here is an anointing for bold preaching. They prayed for boldness. A little prior to this, you see a few verses, they prayed that God would grant them boldness, and he began to shake the place, and they were filled with the Spirit, and guess what? Their request was granted. Acts chapter 6 and verse 1. Acts 6... Verse 1, now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. They were, they were giving out the food, but the, they were being passed over, these, these, these widows. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, watch, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom whom we may appoint over this business. Now, how in the world did they know who was full of the Holy Spirit? How could they know? Because they were really happy people? Because they were real positive? 
right? Now they spoke in tongues, right? And it was a requirement for them to serve to speak in other tongues. They had to speak in other tongues. That was one of the requirements. They're full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom. This is, we need seven men that are this way so that they can go wait tables. Really? Interesting. Whom we may appoint over this business, he says. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, and Pumbaa, I mean Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. All right, so here we see an anointing for service. Being full of the Holy Spirit gave them an anointing for service, and they went and waited tables. And that's a tough job when you've got to deal with a bunch of squabbling widows, it was like they were throwing them to the wolves there. You better be full of the Holy Ghost. You get into a situation like that. You need God's help. <laughs> Look at verse 7. Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied. We're, we're in Acts chapter 6 still. Then the word of God spread. The number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Now watch. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Stephen, the guy who was waiting tables, now all of a sudden, miracles are happening. Right? So he had an anointing for service, and as a result of serving, he had now an anointing for uncommon service. Uncommon service. I mean, he knew what they, the disciples, (laughs) I love this, the disciples The apostles, I should say, picked Stephen to wait tables, but the Holy Ghost picked him to work miracles. Hallelujah. See, that's why that no matter where you are, ladies and gentlemen, no matter where you are, you being anointed for service, but you are also anointed for uncommon service where you are. Miracles can happen right there on your job. And let's finish with this, Acts 7, verse 54. This is after Stephen just got through preaching to the Jews from Genesis to Revelation, basically. If you ever read that that message he preaches, it's extraordinary. He basically goes through the whole Jewish history and God's hand all in their lives, and then then he ends it by calling them stiff-necked and perverse and Verse 54, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, watch, being, what? Full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Boy, did he ever have an anointing for revelation there. Nobody else saw that. All they saw was a man that was full of blasphemy. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, had a revelation of the Son of the living God standing at his Father's right hand. Why is Jesus standing here? Why is he standing? He's seated at God's right hand. But Stephen saw him standing at the Father's right hand. Why? Why is he standing there? 
Can I finish with one last scripture? I said that was the last one. But if you're a pastor, you're allowed two lies for closing. <laughs> two closings, right? Go to Acts chapter, I mean, Hebrews chapter 11. He saw Jesus standing. And I have a feeling that we'll see here in this scripture why that is. The Bible interprets itself. If you'll read it long enough, you'll find the answers. Thank you, Tommy. I appreciate that. Tommy was there with me. Let's look at verse uh, 35. No, 33. Let's just read this. Who through faith subdued, subdued kingdoms. These, these, these heroes is talking about, I mean, these great, I mean, really, they're just ordinary people who did heroic acts by faith. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armors of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Look what it says. That they might obtain a better resurrection. Is, it, is there just a possibility, just a chance, that Jesus stood up ready to deliver Stephen? Being tortured, being beaten down with rocks. And he sees him standing at the right hand, offering deliverance. But he chose the better resurrection. I think the chances are good. I think the chances are good there. That Jesus was ready to deliver him. And yet, he said, Lord, receive my spirit. Laid out this charge against them. And the scripture says he fell asleep. He chose the better resurrection. Some say that maybe Jesus was standing there saluting his martyr. I don't know. I kind of think it's bigger than that. I think he was ready to go help him. Anointing for revelation. He saw the heavens opened and Jesus standing there. I mean, can you imagine? What would you do? If you see Jesus in all of his glory, would you really want to stay here? I mean, can you blame Stephen for just saying, no, just to receive my spirit. I want to be right there with you. When you're looking love in the eyes, you're looking love, the face of love, the thing that you feel, the thing that you choose to do, the thing that you choose to receive from God yet, but now you see it in the face. How do you not go for that? Amen. Praise God. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you. Thank you for this time, Lord. Thank you that we have this beautiful privilege, Lord, this awesome time to be able to study your word, Lord, to extract great truths from your scriptures, Lord. Your word is alive. God, it's alive and it's powerful and it's relevant for our lives today. Father, help us to understand, have a greater understanding tonight, Lord, of the kind of anointing that we have been anointed with, the kind of power that is in us, the power of the Holy Ghost. It is an unlimited power, hallelujah. It is, it is a right now ready to act kind of power, Lord, for us who will just use it, us who will just access it, us who will just simply desire to be used by you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the testimony of those who walk by faith and not by sight. You've given us life in that more abundantly. And you always lead us in triumph. You give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for your blessing upon everyone that's under the sound of my voice even now. 
And I pray, even as the Apostle Paul prayed, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of Christ, would be theirs. God, that you would grant it to them. That grace and peace would be multiplied to them. Those that are here tonight, Lord, who are harassed in their minds, who are restless, Lord, that they would know the peace of God even now. It would rest upon them. Hallelujah. Those that are anxious, God, that your perfect peace now would infiltrate their very being. Perfect peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Because you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Burdens be lifted tonight. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. Burdens be lifted. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you that you've given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Now, Lord, I thank you that you bless your people as they leave here tonight. The blessing of Abraham is upon them. Every curse is stopped and every blessing flows freely thanks to Jesus. And Lord, I declare in Jesus' name that as they go from here, Lord, that not only do they see the opportunities, but they seize those opportunities, God, to be used for your glory, God, to be your mouthpiece, Lord, to lay hands on the sick and see them recover, to go in the power and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you, God, that you've put us here in this world for this time, God, to reach, to love, and to serve others. And we thank you, God, for that, God. Bless these families. Bless, bless the marriages that are here, Lord. Bless their children. I declare no evil shall befall them and no plague shall come near their dwelling. You give your angels charge over them to keep them in all their ways. The blood of the everlasting covenant, the blood of Jesus cleanses them and covers their lives. Lord, I thank you that you bring them all home safely in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. I love you guys very much. We'll see you Sunday. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for location and events. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church. If you would like to partner with our ministry, you can now donate securely online. Just click on the link located on the front page of our website at onecausechurch.com.